Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. With the trend of urban agriculture on the rise to help create more sustainably and locally grown produce, one company based in the United Kingdom is leaving their mark on the industry. V-Farm creates custom-built vertical farms that can be used in restaurants, businesses, and markets. Today our guest from across the pond is Johnny Reeder of V-Farm. Johnny will explain how V-Farm started, how their custom-built vertical farms work using hydroponics, and some example businesses and restaurants that put their systems to use. Thanks so much for listening. This is episode 22 with Johnny Reeder of V-Farm. Well, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast, Johnny Reeder. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for having me on. Hey, absolutely. Um, so you were with a company in the UK called V Farm. You guys make vertical hydroponic units. Tell us about kind of how that started and kind of what you guys are doing right now. Yeah, sure. Um, so as you said, we developed vertical farming systems. Um, and it kind of started with the director a long time ago. So he was... He was out in Japan um, and he kind of came across uh, a company that was doing urban allotments. Um, so these are effectively places where people can go in the city and their um, vertical farming systems. So he sort of sat down and, and watched for a while, seeing all of these families coming in, you know, kids getting excited, seeing the crops growing um, and obviously the families getting fresh produce in, in a built up city. Um, so after that, V Farm was founded. Um, it's a subsidiary of a wholesaler called Hydrogarden. Um, and the idea is that we develop systems for all different scales. So from commercial grows to retail environments, shops, supermarkets, restaurants, this kind of thing. And those systems get used to produce high quality fresh produce for those industries. 
All right. So I looked on y'all's website. It looks like you guys grow a lot of lettuces and a lot of greeny vegetables. So what are some example crops that are grown in your systems? So, yeah, we run trials on site where we test all our equipment um, and we try and come up with these different recipes. So the idea is to find the best environment for each crop to, to keep it consistent. Um, most So most of the time people grow things like herbs. So you know, basils, um, anything where they can just take cuttings and use it in food. Then you've got microgreens. So these are crops that are grown from anywhere between five and 10 days. So they're harvested when they're really small. So they're really intense in flavor and high in nutrition. And then you might add that as a sort of flavoring in a salad. And then of course there's your leafy greens. So things like lettuces, things like spinach, um, sort of the, the bulk of, of your salad. Okay. Um, and what I'm a huge hydroponic nerd. We had a guy on a couple weeks ago talking about hydroponics. What, what exact hydroponic method do the vertical farms use in there and bringing nutrients to the plants? So there's two main techniques that we use. Um, obviously they're all multi-layer systems. So, you know, you've got multiple layers in one room. Um, but the two techniques we use are NFT, that's nutrient film technique. And that's where we have a reservoir of water with all the nutrients that the crops need, um, which is then pumped up into a gully, uh, runs down the length of it. And as that happens, the, the crops take up what they need. The other one is flood and drain. So very similar, same deal with the tank. But what we're doing is periodically flooding a tray and letting that drain away. So recycling the same water for the entire growth period. Okay, gotcha. Really cool. And looking at your websites, it looks like y'all have a bunch of grow lights that are kind of stacked above the plant, so it gives them like adequate sunlight. Yes. Yeah, so we use uh, to try and cut down on costs and energy demand. We use our own brand of LEDs. So yeah, you've got uh, a set of LEDs per each layer. Um, most of our systems are between four and five layers because we don't. We kind of believe in the smaller scale side of things because then it makes it much easier to harvest and work with the crops. And um, so that's that's yeah the sort of method we go for. What exactly? I know you guys work for for um, individuals, restaurants, companies. What? How exactly is the process to where you kind of start creating it and then you start building it for the individual? So walk us through that whole process. So we do a variety of systems. So there are some that are kind of pre-made. So these are set sizes. Um, so say uh, one example, there's a restaurant in Bristol, recently opened, it's a vegan restaurant, and they purchased one of our smaller systems. So it's about four layers, uh, roughly a meter by a meter and a half, something like that. And it's all about food theater. So someone might come into the store uh, and they'll buy a, a, a particular thing from the menu and then they'll see the chefs going to that system uh, and taking you know what they need and putting it in their bowl right in front of them. So you've got that side of the of the spectrum. Then you've got people like commercial growers, so people looking to produce um, a higher volume of crops to then sell to those restaurants uh, or supermarkets. And they might come to us and say, uh, "Look, we've got a room of a specific size. Can you develop us some racks that will fit inside it?" Uh, and one of the major benefits of our systems is that they're, they're all on tracks. So you just need one walkway at a time and then you can slide the unit across um, and access the, the unit next to that. So it's all about maximizing volume and getting as much production as possible. Okay, that's super cool. That sounds really neat. Um, so 
What are some, I know that urban agriculture and kind of systems like this are kind of getting super popular here in the U.S. and I know abroad, like in the U.K. So what are some things you guys are doing to kind of set yourselves apart from any competition that you might have? Yeah, sure. So uh, I've already mentioned that we try and maximize the volume you get uh, in a particular size by using, you know, various things like moving the systems across. Um, But what we really focus on is smaller scale units. Um, Because one of the problems with vertical farms is if you have a massive warehouse, um, what happens is if you get a pest in that warehouse or um, if you have some kind of disease outbreak, your entire crop gets wiped out. And on top of that, it also means you're kind of stuck to growing one type of crop because you have to tailor the whole environment for that. So we look to splitting that same volume into smaller zones. So having individual chambers with their own sort of environments. Um, and that means if you do get a pest outbreak in one system, uh, it doesn't affect all your crop, which obviously reduces a lot of the risk you have when it comes to these things. Because, um, yeah, one of the main problems is you've got high capital expenditure and you've got high running costs. So if you have something to wipe out all your crop at once, that could be the end of your business. What's some feedback you guys have gotten from your customers? So a lot of the interesting feedback we've been having have come from chefs. Chefs will buy these systems uh, because they just love the flavor they get from the crops. Obviously, we, we tailor the environment to specifically to that crop and provide all the nutrients it needs so, so they are full of flavor. Um, and then we also get feedback that we kind of didn't expect. So we sell systems to um, new apartment buildings or new design hubs. And what they find is not only does that mean they can produce fresh produce for their employees, but it, it, it creates a community. So people kind of come together to look at a system, to eat together, uh, and it gets that discussion kind of flowing um, in the company. So that's really, really great to hear. What do you kind of see? I think you guys are like a super, super important niche in urban agriculture. Where do you see urban agriculture gro- going as more and more people are kind of learning about hydroponics? They're learning more about systems like yours. We can grow produce indoors. So what do you kind of see as the future of that particular industry in agriculture? I think we're going to start to see it play a much more prominent part. So I think in the near future, we might expect to see these kind of systems in supermarkets. By having them actually in the supermarkets themselves, that you won't get enough produce to feed that entire supermarket. So you might have a a large scale vertical farm, as I mentioned, split into zones, um, sending the food into that as well. Um, but obviously, as our climate becomes more unstable um, and we have you know a higher population and less land, I think we're going to see a real demand for these these this kind of agriculture. Um, I don't think it's going to replace all crops. I mean, obviously, root vegetables, potatoes, this kind of thing. There's always going to be a place for that um, in conventional agriculture. But certainly for leafy greens and microgreens, um, yeah, I think a lot of that's going to shift over to vertical farming. Yeah, totally agree. Over here, I've seen people, um, they buy old shipping containers and they'll put these systems in those shipping containers and just have them in the middle of a city, like on top of a roof in an abandoned warehouse or something. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely kind of hitting the market. Um, what What's the vision that you guys have for vertical, for, for V Farms? What's the vision? What's the long-term goals that you guys would hope to accomplish? Obviously, we need to move to sustainable food production. So we need to reduce our carbon footprint, um, as we call it. And then on the other side of that, it's about, about reconnecting people with food. 
you know, right now people don't tend to know where their food is coming from uh, or don't care for that matter. And by growing locally, it really puts people back in touch with that, which I, which I think is a great thing and something that needs to happen. I like it. Yeah, you, you kind of touched base on that, reconnecting people with food and where their food comes from. And I try to ask everybody this question. Give me your thoughts on what you think about the farmer-consumer relationship. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting right now because a lot of people don't know where their food comes from. But I've seen more and more farmers kind of use social media to kind of showcase their business, showcase how they do it. How do you see the farmer-consumer relationship right now, especially in the UK, for example? Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. As I said, I, I feel most people don't really question where their food comes from. So you might look at it and think that means that they don't really care. But when you see things come in, like uh, a supermarket chain here recently, oh, sorry, we've got, got an ice cream van going past. <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> I wonder what that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of the two sunny days we have a year here. But um, if people do actually care, though. So as I said, the supermarket chain and did a series of adverts where it was all based about the farmer. So they were showing the crops being produced in the field with British farmers. Um, and then on the food itself, it was starting to be packaged with, you know, the Union Jack on it. Um, and they actually saw a real spike in, in the number of, of sales just from that. So I think people would prefer their food to be grown locally. But I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to cost as well. So that's always going to be a big factor in people's decisions. I like it. Totally agree. Um, what's your background in agriculture? Did you grow up in an agriculture family or did you just kind of find V Farms and just kind of spur your interest from there? What was your background? So uh, growing up, my mum had an allotment, so we'd be down there quite a lot and we'd get, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables from that. Um, but mostly it, it kind of came about from a uh, environmental perspective. So seeing some of the damage that industrial agriculture is causing um, and the kind of issues we're going to face as it only gets worse in the future with a higher population. Um, so I thought it's just a really important issue to try and tackle. So uh, as a design engineer, I wanted to, to work on solving that problem and ensuring food security and food sustainability for the future. What are some things you've kind of learned, like as you were designing these systems and helping design them, what are some things you've learned to kind of help make them better and kind of help make them to kind of set them apart from the competition that you guys have over there? Yeah, so going back to the competition, the reason why quite a lot of vertical farms fail is they are very tech focused. So they'll focus a lot on automation and that means even higher capital investments needed um, and also higher running costs. So we find focusing on the crop, finding out exactly what that crop needs and then tailoring the system to that uh, is very important. And then on top of that, obviously it's people that are using these systems at the end of the day. So they need to be really easy to maintain and to clean. So if it's gonna take ages to clean the system down between harvest then that, that costs the farmer and it also means they don't enjoy using the system. So, you know, we try and design for that and, and make them as, as easy to use as possible. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got a little five-gallon hydroponic bucket that I've got that I grow some lettuce and stuff in, and sometimes that's a pain in the butt to clean. So I can imagine, I can imagine it'd be really annoying to clean one of those things if it would get super dirty. Uh, do you guys have like, if you take it when you deliver it to a customer, do you have any educational material that you kind of provide with them, or do you kind of walk them through how to use it? 
you have continuing education for them? Kind of how does that process work? Do you kind of teach your customers how to use the system as effective as possible? Yeah, we really like to build a you know client consumer relationship. So if someone buys a system for from us, we'll deliver it ourselves, get it all set up, and then we'll actually walk through with them exactly how to use the system, how to check what is good in a crop and these kind of things. Um, and on that, we're, we're currently developing an app to make that even easier. So, you know, once we've delivered the system, showed them how to use it, we'll then have this app with, you know, video instructions and really simple interface to try and, and make growing for them as, as easy as possible. So you can, you can imagine someone like a chef, they're already really busy, but they don't want to be, you know, mucking around with these things. So, yeah, just making that easy to use for them is, is really important. Yeah, and I bet that's, I haven't thought about that yet, but that's really cool that a chef can just be in their own restaurant and walk up to one of your systems, cut off some lettuce or microgreen, put it in a, on a plate, and it go immediately out to the customer. So they get some really fresh produce. So that's really cool. I just saw this on your website. What kind of, um, of substrate do the plants use in the hydroponic units? So uh, what we typically, it depends on what we're growing. So if we do microgreens, we'll have a mat. So that might be uh, some kind of organic hemp mat or, or a polyester, something like that. And then you'll sprinkle seeds on top of that. Um, and then that will be your, your growing medium. If you're doing something like a leafy green, so a lettuce or a herb, we have uh, net pot sites. So they're just like pots that are have lots of holes in for the roots to go through. And then into that, we put, uh, it's kind of like a sponge. And um, so it's, you know, uh, this kind of organic sponge that holds itself together you put the seed in that and then you know what well, after that you can compost it with with the rest of the root matter well have you have you experimented with the hydroponics yourself like have you learned anything through trial and error kind of growing it yeah i mean before i started working for v farm uh, i kind of based my final year university project on hydroponics so i've got my own unit at home which I, I, i'm using to grow strawberries at the minute actually uh, which is which is a fun one but you, you learn things on the way. So again, going back to the user, you know, you want it to be easy to clean. So you find, oh, if I just do this slightly differently, then that makes that a lot easier. Um, in terms of like control software, so controlling temperature and humidity, um, seeing what works and if it doesn't work, what can I do to improve it? So it's, it's a trial and error process. And at the same time, you know, you put, put a lot of force into it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of trial and error. But when you actually have something growing there in your hydroponic unit, you get really happy. So yeah. that's really cool. Uh, well, Johnny, this has been a really cool conversation learning about V Farm and kind of how you guys are trying to revolutionize urban agriculture in the UK. If people want to get in touch with you, your website is v farm.co.uk. But if they want to find you guys, follow you guys, where can they go? Uh, you can go out to our Instagram, so yeah, the uh, dash farm, um, and then we're also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, and yeah, if you go on the website, there's there's all our contact details there, and feel free to to get in touch. Absolutely. Well, if we're ever in the UK, we'll look for some restaurants or businesses that might have your systems, and we'll check them out. Thanks so much for being on, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you very much, Trevor. Hey, everyone. We're trying to make things easier for you to listen to the podcast. We are now a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and that means you can now find us on an additional platform. We're now available on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs like Samsung, and even game systems. While you're on there, check out over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films. Download the app and watch and listen anywhere. 
Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.